0: Dead Air Hardcore Radio, exploring the world's best hardcore punk and all the various subgenres. For the next two hours, we will enter a world apart from the rest. The time is now. Jamming.
1: What's up? You're listening to Dead Air, two hours of hardcore radio. This is episode 102. Feels really fucking good to be in those uh, triple digits. Um, Quick intro, if you haven't listened to the show before, we're a two-hour hardcore punk metal and all adjacent genres. uh, Everything that kind of revolves around hardcore music, um, we play and talk about, we keep it... Uh, relatively new and current um, since there's a lot of hardcore metal shows that subscribe to nostalgia. So we just, we try to talk about that new, new uh, and try to um, you know, show you some new shit you might not have heard before. Um, You know, let me know if you like it. Let me know if you don't, you know, that we're going to, we're going to dive into some stuff that we may like and may not, um, during uh, this little time. Um this week is a cool one. Um it's going to be a very more uh metal um centric show. We have Ryan um Morgan, longtime guitarist from both Seven Angels, Seven Plagues and Misery Signals and we're gonna just we're literally gonna go down the timeline for him specifically as a musician. Um I'm really excited about that so everything today is going to be um a little bit more around the heavy side um before we get too much into our uh into what we do um you know do if you like what you hear you know follow us facebook.com slash uh, facebook.com slash dead air hardcore radio we also have um the dead air hardcore radio group on facebook where you can just share your if you have if you're in a band and shit just share your shit do whatever you want for some reason i keep being the person who shares all the shit and nobody takes the initiative until i actually post post a topic um people have become dependent on that from for anything to happen in that group but you know if you're in that group post what you want as long as it's not stupid i mean i guess you could post juggalo crap if people if if you really want to post juggalo crap in my group And people talk about it. You know what? More fucking power to you, man. You're, you're, you, uh, you're succeeding in providing, um, interesting content. And thus, I do not have to. So, going from there, Twitter and Instagram, both at Dead Air NWCZ. Um, make sure to go and, uh, everywhere we we have we're on all the major uh podcast platforms uh, itunes uh google podcasts and spotify seems to be the one that uh most people go to so check it out follow us uh if you're on itunes give a rating and review if you could the you know you can tell me how fucking stupid i am that's cool um i don't mind um any feedbacks, good feedback. I like I like to respond to I like to respond to dumb shit. So, if you literally just want to send me dumb shit, I will respond to that dumb shit. Um, it has been proven that I always I might respond to dumb shit more than I respond to serious shit. So, anyway, uh, deadairhardcoreradio.com dot is where we have all our archived shows from the past, um, you know, two and a half years. Uh we post articles, we uh do a little we do little write-ups here and there. And that's where you can find all the information for the show. And finally, um you can send us an email if you want to submit music to the show, if you want to be a part of the show in any way. Um you just have any inquiries or interest interested in any information about the show, please uh hit me up, DeadairNWCZ at gmail dot com so now that we have got that out of the way let's uh go to the rest of the show i'm gonna try to i always say this but i i really want to try hard to have um actual back and forth especially on our bigger shows because it's like i think it's so fucking boring I, i'm bored listening to my own voice right now so because this is a, metal, this is a more metal-centered uh, show, I got my, my metal friend and uh, co-worker, Ray. He's hanging out with us once again. Hello, Ray.
2: Howdy. How's everything going today?
1: You are, you're barely awake.
2: <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I had a long day yesterday. Um, and the day before, actually. So, in a good way this time, finally. Uh, so... Uh, quick shameless plug uh the band that i'm in is called cut out i we played like vain kind of slip knotty metalcore music and uh we went into the studio yesterday to record with delric Nanthau and jacob hansen you might know jacob if you ever listened to i declare war in high school um (laughs) we're, we're doing some cool stuff uh with those two uh the the song that we're working on is uh Pretty awesome! I'm very excited to release it. Uh, There'll be another music video out subsequently, and like, you know, just spending a lot of time working on music lately has been helpful. uh, Just because, like, my mental health has been uh, like a a giant roller coaster. It's been like the um, what's that one at Wild Waves? Um, The Wild Thing. That's it. So,
1: that's.
2: It's gonna be uh, a fun experience all the way around just because like working with those people yesterday was a lot of fun um but yeah uh i also uh i have a lot of things that are very positive to say about the new misery signals uh record and uh the new single also um misery signals is a band that i've loved for a very very long time um my favorite song they've ever released is one day i'll stay home uh, it features Patrick Stump from Fallout Boy. <laughs> uh, it's no, like, genuinely, that song rules. Uh, I got to see them play live when uh, a friend of ours and I booked them in Tacoma. And uh, it's because of that show that uh, Erode got to play with Comeback Kid not that much later. So it was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had, like booking that band, meeting those folks. They were all really, really nice. Um, it's it just, I had a lot of fun at real art when I was booking there more often, but, uh, yeah, I just, I have a lot of positive things to say about misery signals and just like everything they've done has just blown me away. And this new record is no different.
1: Well, that's, it's cool, uh, for you to say that just cause like with, uh, with the misery signals that you saw at real art that was right when they were doing like some you know the reunion type stuff and they were doing um they right around or before the time um they put out their documentary titled yesterday was everything which is um so i'll just and i'll say it a couple times we we're not going to in this episode get into uh the Jesse story and the breakup and all that stuff of um, what happened after around the time of their um, first record, because yesterday was everything. Basically it covers every, it covers that whole story. So this one, we're specifically talking about Ryan Morgan and his, you know, musical journey um, from, from like literally start to now because he has been the consistent presence in that band from the beginning. Like he's uh, without this person, there would not be a misery signals. Um, and there would not be such a consistent sound with this band. So, but that's cool. Cause I, have to, I still have not seen them. They were going to actually be in Seattle. Like I think like, three three months ago uh, they were supposed to be in seattle around uh around may or june-ish and that was a that was a big bummer uh because i haven't seen them since uh sometime after the controller album came out like lit- literally over 12 years ago <laughs>
2: um i so while we're going on about shows that should have happened that didn't um there was a show that was about to happen at Numo's that I was very very excited about that I am very pissed off that I missed. Uh due to cancellations, not due to me being like busy at work or whatever. Um the band Health, uh if you have not heard of them, uh they probably would not fit very well on this specific show except for that they just released that split with Full of Hell, um called Full of Health. Um, health is responsible for soundtracks and video games a lot like uh max Payne 3 uh they're responsible for the uh, arena war stuff on uh Grand Theft Auto 5 um but all of that aside uh and they like it's, it's just a very incredible live show um they are what is referred to as like dark wave it's very synth centric music however what they're doing is they're using real instruments with like synth pedals and like they're very well in tune with the metal genre there's probably a lot of the listeners out there who have at least heard of these folks um maybe even possibly before uh they're split with full of hell just because like they've done stuff with youth code and uh, a few other bands that are kind of in that same like general idea of uh dark synth stuff uh i know that there are a lot of hardcore guys that are big fans of the band perturbator so like it's it's definitely in that same like musical styling um really bummed i missed that show because uh, health is just such like a, a a prominent band that like i i can't tell you enough how cool the show that i saw of theirs was i got to work barrier um like watching them and the, the bass was crushing. The guitars were great. They played perfectly. Like it's, it's one of those chill shows where like the, the music is upbeat and like really pulsing and yeah. Um, you almost feel like you're at like a really goth hardcore show when you're there.
1: And, uh, I haven't heard, I've, it's one of those I've heard of and haven't heard, but, uh, I'm the wet. your description makes me, um, very interested i've obviously have i've heard of the i've heard of the full of health uh uh record i just haven't uh checked it out this is summertime so summertime i try not to depress myself with too much like more Uh darker music especially during this especially during this time i am i'm i'm a seasonal music listener like i i like the i like to listen to music that matches with the season um oh
2: i definitely think it does uh at least like the their volume four record definitely does um it's it's a little bit more like i said it's, it's dark wave because like it's like that um dark synth music but it doesn't have like a depressing feeling to it it's it's pretty upbeat it's pretty exciting um like the, it's it's a show that people can like get excited at but you know it like Goths are usually super into that band, so like it's you know, a lot of like goth culture just kind of surrounds the shows there. And it's like I really think that it's like if if goth has like a summer season for music, that would probably actually fit it.
1: Alright, so we'll get off that. We'll get back into <laughs> some more misery signals. Um yeah. one one thing, uh their record ultraviolet by the time like you're listening, if you're listening on the podcast it's gonna be out like right now listen you listen to this and then listen to that um uh i'm getting this out as soon as possible because like it's literally almost it's almost here i haven't got to listen to the full record um yet i could have i through channels i could have um asked for it but i i i just uh i feel weird if i'm not like handed it like right off the bat, I don't. I feel weird asking for it through a, through a band member. Uh, I hate prying to people who are really busy. So I'm going. I'm unlike some of my other shows that have. Um, it, and so, unlike some of the other shows like mine that have already listened to the full record, I will be listening. Um, to it just like everybody else. Um, like all the rest of the civilians out there. Um, I'm. I really like what I hear from the uh from these two songs. I've heard I've heard really great reviews. I've heard some you know so and so from some of the metal crowd. Um I'm really this is like literally as far as bands are concerned, this is in the metalcore genre as far as like this style of metalcore. This has been the most consistent band um that I have that I have listened to. Like like hands down um i didn't the only one that didn't like hit me straight in the face was absent light but i don't but i don't hate it i don't hate absent light i don't hate any of their material there hasn't been a point um there hasn't been a point in the history of uh this band that i'm like that i think is super corny which i can't say with a lot of like with a lot of uh metalcore bands
2: Yeah, um, I definitely agree with you that this band is one of the most consistent bands in metalcore. Um, they are the, in my personal opinion, original August Burns Red. Um, they definitely are that, like, I feel like if you were to talk to that band about the uh, like if you were to talk to august Burns Red about their influences i bet you may as three signals comes up for every single one of them um that like i just i can't see a world where this band didn't create a lot of the current iterations of uh modern metalcore as it's come to be known um which is both fortunate and unfortunate because there are a lot of bands who have tried to do what misery singles does and failed miserably at it.
1: Well, we talk, we talk about that a little bit. And unfortunately, um, and fortunately for Ryan, he is more of a, a, a busy person. Cause I wanted to talk to him because, um, he, like he was in seven angels, seven plagues. He would, he, was in he started in a time where metalcore and hardcore were hand in in hand like in, in all the all the bands all metalcore and hardcore because they mixed together they were influenced by each other and they all came from that um just that arena in that uh area of uh punk mo- that punk rock mentality and and that's how these bands like they not all of them were uh, you know exclusively punk rock but they all had a a certain presence that you can tell uh came from punk rock and hardcore and then when misery signal started blowing up there you would um around the first you know the first couple of records especially controller um there you see i wanted to see their perspective on you know what they thought about bands that like you're getting into an era of now bands are just copying other bands. There's not bands coming from this, you know, small DIY, like hardcore area. They're just, they're seeing a record and then they're, they're literally doing a carbon copy of it. And you, you said it too. Like there, there was like a complete like carbon copy of, uh, there's been carbon copies of misery signals that had no like real, I don't know, soul, I guess for lack of a better word, um. Yeah. It, it it just seemed very like a shell <laughs> very empty <laughs> like there's bands that sounded um, like them but the, they don't have the, the presence that this that this band has and like you know love them, love them or hate them I know there's a lot of like hardcore kids that probably would like are more interested in the um, seven angels seven plagues um, part of this story than the misery signals but like their their first record for misery signals really i feel like changed the landscape of modern metal and metalcore
2: it it did um there's i think one of the, my more uh recent favorite bands that has kind of followed that wave of misery signals themed um metalcore um and maybe it's maybe it's a sin to say this but uh if you if you really look at it misery signals kind of gave way to the the every time i die haste the day like those those kinds of like
1: (sighs) i would have i'd have to disagree because every time i die actually predates
2: uh, okay. Yeah. I, well, I mean, it, it, that's not to say that bands can't influence each other as they're still going. You're right. Every time I die is an older band. Um, I, I definitely liked, though, uh, seeing some of the ways that riffs changed as these other bands came out. Because, like, every time I die, back when, um, like, if you're looking at um, the Big Dirty and like the the Barrel Plot Bidding War, um, like all of those. Um, all of those like older records had so differently structured riffs, um, that like after like I just I, I feel like Misery Signals is just like such a big deal in terms of what they actually did, and maybe they like I, I feel like they they know what they did. <laughs> um,
1: oh well, you're going. We're gonna find out. You're gonna find out in just a little bit if they in fact know what they did. Because we're gonna get into that, we're gonna get to that interview in just a minute. Um, I think that's that's a good this good place to stop for a minute. Um, before we get into it, uh, we started off with some uh, from Metalcore from California, uh, new music from a band called Abrasion. They have a record, um, they have, not a record, a EP that came out in July. Uh, straight up, just from Southern California, my friend. Um, K Thor is the vocalist of this band. Um, I think out of the, out of all the bands that I have, uh, I think out of all the times I've known, I've known him for what, probably seven years now. And I don't think he's been in a band. He's just been, we all know those people who are just like, who have just been like supporters of bands and just like goes to every show and been, and you know, loves hardcore loves metal and you know the hype the hype boy which you who you would love to see in a band because uh you know they're fucking they fucking love what they do and they're just they're they're, they don't they're they're just there to fucking help make the experience even better they're how they're they're there to be like a fan but not at the same time but like a fucking hardcore a hardcore homie um He's a hardcore homie, and uh, over the last two years, he's got scared. He, this dude has gotten scary buff as fuck. He's like one of these skinny dudes who made a transfer transformation, and he's very fit. And I'm a he like he'd whoop my fucking ass, and now so that's 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 kind of scary when you see like your friends who are like smaller than you, like start to uh, bulk up and look like. The look like fucking... Look like fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, and just want to fucking throw you... Throw you across the fucking room. Um, except not Stone Cold because this dude's not bald. But anyways. I digress. Check out check out this EP. It is... Uh, but let me check. I think it's for free. Yeah, it's for free on Bandcamp. It's new. Uh, just three songs. Check it out. But always, if you like the shit... Throw them a couple bucks. Uh, it's a weird, it's a weird time for music. So don't. M- if you really like it, throw them some money. If this is, if you want to hear more music from them, cause that shit ain't cheap. Um. Anyways, we're gonna hit. We're gonna hit that. We're gonna. We're going to get um the second single that came off of um the Ultraviolet record for Misery Signals. We're gonna play the Tempest, and then we are get to Ryan Morgan. Um, in just a minute, we're listening to Dead Air 2 Hours of Hardcore Radio. All right, we're here with Ryan Morgan, longtime guitarist of Misery Signals, also played in uh, Seven Angels, Seven Plagues, And they have... A, Misery Signals has their first record in seven years um, titled Ultraviolet coming out on August 7th. Ryan, how are you doing?
3: Doing great, man. How are you?
1: I'm doing okay. Um, is this been a very, very kind of... I know we I know we have our had our lines a little crossed. It. Has it been a pretty busy summer for you?
3: Ah, uh, yes and no, man. I mean, I think it's a weird summer for everybody. But uh, I feel like everything's going on and nothing's going on at the same time. Definitely for the band, it's been busy, you know. Um, with the new record coming out and everything, kind of kind of coming together for the release, uh, we've been doing a whole lot with that.
1: And with it being like nothing and everything happening at the same time. Has has it been easier to um, keep up with uh, you know just like getting everything ready for the release? Has it made re- has this made releasing an album easier than if the world was uh, at full speed or at regular speed?
3: Yeah, man, I think so. I think so, especially since we're self releasing the album and doing so much ourselves. Uh, I think getting some of the organization ready for. For the the drop of the singles and kind of uh, getting the vinyls pressed and and all the pre-order stuff up and running. If I was trying to do that and we were actually on tour, like we were kind of slated to be, I think it would have been like a whole much a whole bunch more difficult than it than it ended up being. And I was actually really gr- grateful that uh, we got to delay some of that stuff and we're going to be doing it a little later so we could sort of focus on on getting all our ducks in a row, um, which we might not have otherwise been able to do if the rest of our lives didn't really shut down around it.
1: Yeah. So it's also, and also I think it helps get, um, get more music in the eyes of people as well. Cause, uh, just because at this moment, even with things, um, you know, like half locked down, there's not much to go, to go do. So people go to work, go home, maybe go out and do some, uh, a few outdoor activities right now in the summer. And, um, I know I've consumed more media in the last, I don't know, sit like six, seven months than I've, um, than I have like in the last three or four years, I've caught up with so much things that I haven't, that I have not got to do before. Right.
3: right. I'm thinking that's the case with a lot of people. They're kind of catching up on other things because they have to be at home or they, they can't go uh, do X, Y, and Z because of the pandemic, um and yeah i assume that's kind of the case a lot of people are have a high intake of media right now
1: so let's uh let's get into a little bit about yourself before we kind of talk about um you know your bands and um what's going on with them let's just uh let's let's take it um way back to just um you know growing um growing up did you grow up in a uh in somewhat of a musical family or how, how did you really get, um, introduced, um, to music at a young age?
3: Yeah, I definitely grew up in a musical family and my dad's a, uh, a accomplished musician. He plays in the, in the symphony in Wisconsin where I'm from. Um, and he, and my mom as well, she's, uh, not, uh, a pro musician, but she plays a bit, she plays a flute and, um, uh, they met each other in band in high school. So um, the musical roots go deep. And um, my dad uh, made, you know, forced, I would say at that age, you know, when we were pretty young, I I remember being probably about eight years old. My uh, dad just told me that I had to take music lessons. I could pick whatever I wanted to pick, but he's like, time to take music lessons, right? Um, And sent me and my brothers out the door to go uh, take some private, it ended up being piano lessons for me to start, um, but yeah, he was—he was—it uh, was just going to be something that was part of kind of our education, and um, I, I don't think I like begrudged him at the time, but I'm—I'm I'm really grateful that now that he did get me started early.
1: And what got you interested in uh, in guitar? Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, that's a- Plain and, plain and simple. And the, would you say that that's like, that's what uh base basically want, made you want to pursue this, um, this band and being a band in general?
3: Uh, hard to say. I think maybe from a root standpoint, because that's, that's the music I heard that I was like, whoa, I would rather be doing that than playing piano. You know, I want to be able to play guitar like Hatfield. you know? So, um, that's what made me switch instruments, and so so by by proxy, I, I ended up doing bands and stuff. You know, as a I guess butterfly effect of that. But just you know, hearing Metallica at the time, I heard it in my life. Um, it was such a formative time, um, and I think when I was like getting good enough at the guitar to do it, I was really influ- influenced by like a lot of grunge and alternative. Um, but yeah, at the Genesis point, it was all just
1: metallica and what plugged you in um i guess let me let me step let me step back a little bit sure. um yeah with your with your family was it was it like was it because of um having an accomplished musician as a father and in, in the style of music that they were all you know into and pursuing was was rock and roll blasphemy in your house
3: uh, no, no way. Uh, my, my parents listened to rock a bunch when I was growing up. Um, and they had a, you know, I, we listened to eclectic stuff. So my dad does play in the symphony, but he listens to a lot of like jazz and, um, you know, like seventies and sixties. And, you know, I heard the Beatles and Paul Simon and stuff every, every day after my dad got home from work, cause he put the LPs on. So I had a pretty, uh, it wasn't like a rebellion thing that I wanted to play rock and metal. Like, um, my dad, you know, he, he was at a black Sabbath concert at one point. So, um, which I think is pretty cool.
1: (laughs) So what was, what was the point that really got you plugged into start actually like playing in bands?
3: Uh, I, I mean, I was always jamming in the basement with my brother, um, and a couple of friends of mine that played guitar, um, and, in just, uh, kind of on an experimental level, like we didn't really know we were, I wouldn't even have called it being in a band at that point. I was just like trying to figure out guitar with friends and with my brother playing drums. Um, and just like, Hey, maybe we can figure out this Nirvana song or whatever, but, um, I think the point that I started making actually doing a band a priority was when I started going to hardcore shows. And it's been particularly like underground basement kind of shows where these bands would tour through and they'd just play in a basement and it would be like, you know, 40 people there or something. And it seemed like this really attainable thing. It's like, oh, I could go playing a basement you know and it didn't seem like there was much like much to it which I guess there kind of isn't if you're thinking about doing a DIY punk band but it just there was a, a sort of time in my life when I was going to these small shows and I was just like I can totally do this
1: okay so you've been doing the jamming jamming with uh you know jamming with your brother and friends doing the basement thing did you guys have um any any real bands um before um seven angels seven plagues
3: uh, dude depends on your definition of real.
1: <laughs> anything that you like, I would count anything real. Even if you got to, do, you did a band just, just to get to play one show. Like, let's say I got together to play with, um, I don't, I don't know. Like, let's say like Buried Alive or Terror was playing in our town. I, I got, I put together a band to play that or I got together, I put together a band to play our battle of the bands.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was definitely doing stuff like that. Um, uh, there was a, I had probably like two bands in, when I was like in high school um, that would, would have played at like uh, shows that we set up at the school theater or, you know, battle of the bands type stuff. Um, there was, there was like an, a band that I was doing with a couple of friends where we would just like cover alternative songs and just like, uh you know, play nineties rock and then um though which later kind of morphed into like a proto uh metal band like hardcore band um and I was still you know mixing in a lot of like covering bands at at that time um but we did like that second band that i I did before seven angels recorded like some uh demos at a community college recording studio and stuff like that. So that, that, I guess that counts as a real band. I don't have to be that harsh and not count it. It's just pretty, it was pretty crappy. I mean, so I t- guess that's what, ha- I guess that's what happens when, you know, when you're 16 and 17 and trying to figure it out. That's part of it. It's one of the steps to get there.
1: Honestly, dude, uh, most, most musicians are even people who got, who got to do maybe a couple bands in their local scene. They did, they, they were there and they did that. And, I still yeah. count that as real because it, it was huge in developing your band. Even if you like literally you got to play one or two showcases and you realized mm-hmm. you sucked or you just like literally could not, could not pin down the style of music you, you were playing, which is usually the case for most local bands. Uh, they sound like a combination of 20 different, <laughs> 20 different sure. sounds. Yeah. But, um, still more power to them i mean i appreciate those cuz that's the, those are those are the those are the humble beginnings and the, Dude, I, you know I what, man? And, and
3: and i agree that like i i can appreciate that stuff cuz there's there's a bunch of stuff that i still do now that i'm not like accomplished at that feels great to do and is still serving a purpose of like uh that creative itch you know what i mean if you're if you're writing something even if it's terrible it's like kind of a miracle that you were you've created something out of nothing, you know what I mean? So, um, not to, not not to say that you have to reach a certain point of like touring out or, uh, a certain level of, of fame or, or knownness, you know, for, for what you're doing to be valid or real, you know, I guess that's kind of like, that would be snobby to say so. Right. So I think, uh, yeah, I love more power to anyone that's doing, doing creative stuff on any level, even if it's just to scratch that creative itch. Um,
1: so let's go, let's. I'm kind of doing a timeline thing here. So if you're, if you're cool, let's, I'll keep track. We'll track with me here. Um, Sure. Yeah. So we go to how, um, from, from these, uh, from these bands that you're doing um, these, you know, quote unquote bands or uh, how long until, until uh, seven angels, seven plagues um, starts at least doing the groundwork for that.
3: Uh, man, I I can't even say that there was a break. They all just kind of smear into each other. Um, but seven angels, seven plagues would have started when I was like 18 uh, or 19.
1: And at that point you were, were you, were you, did you have, with seven angels, seven plagues, did you approach it the, the way that you were approaching the other, um, the other projects that you had before that were just like you just messing around playing or did you have the intention of going where you, where, you know, that band did for the short time that it existed?
3: Yeah. You know, it, we kind of formed seven, Angels seven plagues out of the ashes of uh, this, this local band that I had seen play a few times and they were just kind of doing basement shows for the most part or like playing at like, uh, you know, Knights of Columbus hall types type shows, pretty DIY stuff. But I already thought they were really cool and like well established. You know what I mean? Cause they had put out a record already. Um, uh, and no one's going to have heard of this band, but it's It's called cast ahead. It's a band from, uh, from Racine, Wisconsin, like outside of Milwaukee, essentially. And, um, and so, yeah, I just wanted to, I, I felt like they, I was taking a huge step up, like joining up with these guys, but I consider it like pretty serious, you know? Um, so I was like, I was pretty stoked. I knew we were going to be like writing original songs. And I felt like this is me, like starting of, you know, I guess probably what I would have considered at that time as a real band, you know?
1: And, and at that point, like it, did you have, like, it's in, it's very, it's very interesting. Like you guys were a very like short lived, um, you know roughly what it was the inception was around um 99
3: 98 Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
1: Uh, and then and and uh came to a close around like early 2002 correct right okay so with like so for me i found out about um misery signals um first and I'm, I heard like, um, uh, the summer, the year of the summer ended in June. And I, I love that. And then I found, and I found Seven Angels, Seven Plagues, uh, after, after that. Mm. And, um, it's interesting. Like, at that time, people were, people were like all about that. They loved Seven Angels, Seven Plagues. And I can tell, and like, and if, um, if you track with like, you know, newer people getting into metal and hardcore right now, there's been in the last five years a metalcore uh, kind of kind of like a, a a resurgence, a renaissance, and there's a lot of people that that just like absolutely like love um, like Seven Angels Seven Plagues. Did you did you do you feel like a lot like do you feel like you accomplished what you wanted? what you wanted with this band or did you, were there, was there more that you, do you wish you could have done anything else with seven angels?
3: Uh, tough to say, man, there definitely was this feeling that we were just starting to hit our stride. Um, and people just started paying attention when the band was breaking up. Um, so I know there could have been a lot more there, but who's to say if, misery signals would have been able to become what it is if they, seven angels continued or not. But, you know, that was, especially at the beginning of misery signals, um, very apparent to me that people had started paying attention to seven angels, seven plagues, cause it was hard to tell early on, um, if the band was really going anywhere or if anyone was, was paying attention, but it became really clear, like towards the end of seven angels, seven plagues, it was like gaining some traction. So I was pretty heartbroken at the time that, um, it fell apart uh, because I felt like it, it had a it had a trajectory, um, and you know we were getting attention from labels and stuff, and we're pretty close to to uh, making something happen that would have would have taken us to the next sphere. But um, uh, yeah, it came to kind of an abrupt halt, and um, that's when misery cycle started. And again, it's there's not like a really clear. Um, break in between it's kind of just smeared from one to the next and stuff that we were working on that was going to be seven angel songs like ended up being stuff we were working on and just started being misery signals songs you know
1: because i think honestly when i think about it i don't think there's been a single person who like has hyped up like that uh seven angel seven plagues that is actually that actually Saw that like ab- among my friends, that actually got to see the band in, in their, in sure. their, in their actual time. Most people who have talked about them have talked about, like, have talked like past tense because, because of what yeah. you said with like, you know, the, the abrupt end. Did you feel, cause you guys did, yeah. um, a 2005, um, reunion. Did you feel like there was a, yeah. there was a certain amount of, of hype uh, for that show, that wasn't there um, during those during those uh, tours around tours and shows around uh, Jasmine's Lullaby.
3: Yeah, I think the band was was way bigger after it was done. <laughs> I think that's still true, right? I think that's still true.
1: And I could be wrong. I swear, and I'm in. In you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Could have been my eyes playing tricks on me. Um, but I swear, you guys were. Swear to Seven Angels was supposed to do a show in 2020. Was I wrong? Uh,
3: No, I mean, I think there was a rumor that we were going to be on that Furnace Fest. Yeah, um, that was the rumor. Getting rescheduled. (laughs) but that uh that, that i i didn't hear anything about it except for a rumor so
1: yeah so um, somebody I actually don't think that
3: was, I don't think that was reality i think that was just kind of wishful thinking like someone said oh you should get seven angels cuz you're getting all the contemporaries of you know 2002 2001 metalcore bands and and uh you know underground bands from that era um 7 Angels would fit in maybe that would be cool. and I don't know if the, the suggestion of trying to get the band became like oh maybe they're playing. I'm not sure how the rumor started but uh it didn't didn't really have legs. It's not not something that happened.
1: I yeah, no, I I cuz I swear cuz I think like I think people tried to tr- maybe they really tried to talk it into existence because I was almost yeah. con- I was almost convinced for a while but then obviously pandemic happened and i i was like i swear this this is one of those things that they talked about so much i almost was convinced was was fact and true and i like i looked i was like nope right. it was like i can't find anything on this <laughs> it was like there's right no. right so so facebook facebook was hashing out the fake news
3: dude as usual
1: <laughs> you know you know just st- just just stay in the course. Uh, that's that's right. So, let's, uh. so, Seven ages, of Seven Plagues, and then you go straight into, uh, you go straight into uh, Misery Signals. Was there a clearer, was there a clearer vision going um, into this band of, obviously this band was, was birthed um, out of um, unusual and unfortunate, um, circumstances. So was it just, mm-hmm. was there a, um, were you guys kind of just like just living in that moment when you were, when you guys were putting together, uh, misery signals, or did you have an idea of this is, we're really gonna, you know, like we were like, because the combination of the two bands we didn't get to do as much as we wanted with these two bands and now we're gonna now we're really going to try to uh realize um something with misery signals
3: yeah i mean it's hard to say where i was at in my in my brain at that time uh being being as young as i was and um I know, I mean, I was all in for Seven Angels, um, and I had already, like, made the decision to kind of, like, go to college and just tour full-time, so it wasn't, like, this big adjustment of, like, well, I needed to try harder, I needed to do something different with Seven Angels, because um, I, I was, uh, the momentum was already there, and, and I was already ready to tour full-time and drop everything and move out of the place that I was living and just be a road dog, uh, so it was just a continuation of that. And I mean, artistically, I, I, I definitely felt like, uh, we had a vibe that was, um, consistent with stuff that I was writing when seven angels started. Um, and I was just really interested in this kind of like melodic, uh, but punishing, um, hardcore and, and metal sounding hardcore. And, you know, I was still kind of riffing in that same, same vein. Um, so, it's hard to say if I had a clear idea of where I was going. I had a ton of energy and a ton of enthusiasm about it. And, um, you know, that, that, that takes, that's, that does a lot of work for you. You know what I mean? Like you have to put some energy in and I definitely had no shortage of that at that time, but I'm not sure I had a really clear vision of where it was taking me, if that makes sense.
1: Cause I can say pretty confident, confidently and I can, and I know, that you've probably seen it from the people who who listen um, to Misery Signals or have been or are fans of specifically of Mal of Malice. Um, that mm-hmm. it was a it, it was a game changer for a lot for a lot of people, especially in like in metalcore, um, because mm-hmm. there just hadn't been at that point anything that sounds like this, and it was like not only not only was it like it was melodic, it was harsh. It was also just like, it was a very except it it was, it was accessible. It was more accessible than some of the other metalcore records for me, but it didn't, it just because it has accessibility didn't mean it was, uh, doesn't mean it was lacking in any, in any, uh, in any way, shape or form. It's just, it would, they, you guys just were able to, to, uh, present something in a way that really struck a chord, especially like the first time. And I, um, I saw the video for the year. some uh, the year summer ended in June. And it's just like, I guess it's, uh, it's very interesting because I'm sure you have seen it over the years because playing in, in metal and hardcore. Um, and I've seen it just in, in my 15 years of, of participating and doing this show of uh, there's a lot of people who are, who are um, when they hear a song like this or hear any melodic style band um, people want to uh, there's some, there's some sort of instinct of pushing away, like something that emotes feelings. that it's not just straight, mm. like head, like either straight up, like, you know, punk and angry or heavy and angry like right like fans fans have have a hard time dealing with melodic hardcore and melodic metal and some people don't want to admit sometimes like there's a lot of people that i talk to that just don't want to admit that they like it and yeah. i think it might just be because that it's a like the it's a hard it's a hard thing dealing with your actual like raw emotions when sometimes you just want right. to be, you know, angry.
3: Right. 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 No, I think, I think a couple of things you said are interesting there because like as a person who, you know, as a, a young man, especially, um, I think I took a lot of what I would have thought of as my identity from the music that I was listening to. Um, which is easy to do, I think. Um, and you know, people need something to sort of hold on to. And, um, I guess it's interesting that you say that you find the, the early misery signal stuff accessible. Um, because I don't disagree with you. I think, I think to an extent it is, but it's not really accessible like on a structure level or, um, on a simplicity level, it's pretty, it's actually kind of blockers as far as the structures go and the riffing goes. Um, so the thing that, that is accessible, I think about it is that emotional content and that's, that's front and center. And, um, that might be what sets it apart. And, and totally too, I think it's the way that first record was produced uh, by Devin Townsend, um, that made it um, that made it accessible. Like there's tones on there and, and, and sonically the record is um, pretty pleasing to listen to where some metal is just like attempting to be over the top harsh. But I think that there's something going on there where people want to like mix what, Oh, the way they think about themselves and their identity with what they're listening to and what strikes a chord with them musically and artistically.
1: Cause so with yeah so it, it's it's very um, interesting that you say that because like because there there are like like I said there's there's a there's more like bonkers bands that are I would say less um, you know less accessible in my in my mind like like I love botch but botch wasn't accessible mm. at for <laughs> right. it's a
3: good example Dillinger yeah, Dillinger's like skate harsh.
1: Plant. Early Dillinger escape plan was not accessible at first for sure. me, but there there was just something that I think it the emotions were so upfront, like you said, it the emotions were upfront and clear, and I think regardless, like there's people who say they don't like it, but they just say because like I said, they don't. Sometimes it's it's hard for people to, um, you know handle their emotions because they'll call everything there's like, Oh, that emo crap. I'm just like,
3: right. Totally. <laughs> and I think that's, and that that's, that's probably a, a, a symptom of the genre that we're talking about too. Right. There's a lot of kind of like masculinity um, that's involved in kind of in hardcore and, and uh, aggressive music. And um, so I think I could think there are certain emotions where, it's a no brainer for people that are, you know, masculine identifying and, and, uh, want to think of themselves as, as tough or they're excited by hard music is like something like Dillinger's escape plan. That's like, uh, that's even not the best example because they're a really, uh, nuanced band and they do a ton of stuff, but like their first EP is just chaos and anger and harshness. You know what I mean? So those are that it, it, it puts an emotion out there, but it's like, kind of just like, really raw and angry. And that's not, that's not a, that's not a tricky emotion, right? Like anger is just like right there, really simple. You know what I mean? Just scream your brains out, play some really harsh and, and angular things. It's when you get into the more like tenderness or softness or things that maybe, um, would be, um, if you would call them just like less masculine, I, I think what you're pointing to um, becomes a little more difficult for some people that have like been attracted to this type of music because of the because of the overtop like aggressiveness that it has for the most part. So I think putting those types of emotions in, in into this, these types of contexts is what I'm really interested with in misery signals and what I've, what has always been kind of interesting to me because it takes on a different. Meaning when it is in the context of something that's just brutal.
1: Well, and also I would um, say there's also always has been a sort of bleakness that surrounds your sound that that I don't think a lot of other melodic metal or hardcore bands have have a, have been able to reach. Only a few others have, in my mind, at least from my listening, bands uh, such as like the Carrier or. Uh, dead swans that that mm. really have their melodic but they are but they are very very um dark and and yeah. depressed more than uh, of a of a of a more like melodic hopeful and and uh or posycore um sound. Yeah, yeah. I I totally know what you mean. Um so we're not going to get too much into the malice story because the bet the, this would be a perfect time to be like, if you have not watched um, yesterday was everything, you should definitely check it out. It is a very, I think um, if you are, if you are a fan of this band, literally just, uh, you know, when, when you're done listening to this, check it out. Um, It's, it's a very emotional um, ride. Of of, and a a very important and a very important and I would count it up there with uh, a very important documentary up there with uh, with Godfathers of Hardcore. Um, in my in my opinion, Um, sweet. Thanks for 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 those for and I've in me recently. I I just got into the whole um, documentary um, biopic thing with punk and hardcore. I just I for some reason I just. I was always so busy with other stuff. I just like, like I said, I've been consuming a lot more media. And so, so yeah, it's been, yeah. so it's been really cool to, to sit down and, and really get to get to hear these words, um, you know, from all y'all before, um, before I get to, you know, talk to you like I am right now. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of go skip over like a lot of the, the malice story and let's get, let's go into, uh, Let's go into mirrors. Um, my question about uh, mirrors and getting into kind of um, the Carl saga is: so when mirrors came out, uh, I feel like the world of alternative music started to really uh, change. Metal, metal was metal was changing. Metal core was changing. I was, you know, this was like an era when, like, this is just. I, I started getting into music like the, like in the malice um, years. And then, you know, a lot of other people started going to metalcore from some of these, um, you know, bigger bands and like a Trey you and um, kill switch mm-hmm. and stuff. And there's a lot of bands that were, so I just wanted to see what your view is on. Like, there's a lot of like misery signals and bands like it. And even like kill switch engage, they came from a world of, like with a punk rock mentality with a heart like listening to hardcore and punk, and once you get into two thousand six two thousand seven, you started to get to a real like breed a new and I know you probably toured with some of these bands too, a new breed of bands that um were just copying the other band that was right next to them instead of having a um uh, a real uh, any type of punk rock or hardcore pedigree and i think i don't know i've i always got i was always way more into the bands that were that were hardcore influenced in the um just in the metalcore scene i just so i just wanted your um perspective of that especially because um mirrors came out in the thick of it of when like a lot of other bands started come um coming up big like devil wears prada under oath stuff like that
3: mm mm-hmm. sorry can you can you uh can you reframe the question for me
1: <laughs> yeah let me reframe the qu- so my so my question I, like i'm
3: following the I'm following the context i just uh, i just don't know what I'm saying from it
1: the question was just like what was what was your kind of like because um mirrors mirrors came out around that around that time when they're like so seven angels seven plagues lots of lots of still hardcore influenced um metal and hardcore and it was primarily like touring around the hardcore scene um same with like kind of kind of early early on with 2004 with malice and then you go into mirrors and there's an it feels like that there was a um you guys started getting pretty popular with mirrors as well and but the landscape had was uh started to change with a lot of the quote-unquote like hot topic style band. So I just wanted to get your opinion on what, on how, what was your, what was your, did you, do you think that you, I guess, uh, a better reframe of the question. Do you, do you think that, uh, things were, you got bigger in that, in that time than, uh, any other time of the band or what was your views of, of touring with bands of that time? Um, with, uh, them being like used to tour with a lot of like more hardcore bands. And now it's like more of these bigger, like m- metal or hot topic metal or whatever you would want to call them mm. bands.
3: Yeah. I, I think I know what you're saying. And I mean, we didn't, it didn't feel like that was uh, a super huge difference at a really different time in the band. Like, cause we would jump back and forth between touring with like, uh, you know, a bunch of different styles of bands. Like
1: I think you're on August Burns. Yeah. You were on a, you were on an August Burns red tour. I believe you were on some other, you were some around some other tours around this time between that. Yeah. And, and that's that's kind
3: of getting towards the end of mirrors or even in yeah. the controller. We were doing those tours. Like, I feel like we're touring with like the chariot and like, uh, like black, my heart and like things like that, you know, uh, during the, I mean, maybe that's just really early mirrors days. Like it's hard to, hard to exactly get the timeline. Um, but yeah, we definitely did some like, as I lay dying, we toured with, and um, I, there was a bunch of times where I was like, it's remarkable how big heavy bands are getting and like how, how almost mainstream some of this feels. Um, so there's a, there's a, I mean, there's a couple of times that I've, that I've felt like that. And even, you know, when, probably the first time that I saw, I don't know, Converge play in like front of a couple hundred people. I was like, I couldn't believe that like, and this is like well before mirrors, but like, I was like, I couldn't believe that music that sounded like that was like drawing a crowd like that. That felt really huge at the time, you know? Um, so I think there's just been incremental different doses of that same kind of thing where it's just like, Oh, just these bands are drawing this many people. That's That's crazy.
1: Yeah, just a. It was just a. I guess what was just weird, wild to me is just like, because obviously it wasn't weird, it wasn't weird to me because at the time I was I was personally in high school, and I grew up in what people would call the town where you were either, you were either a scene a hot topic scene kid or a wannabe redneck. So, like they so. So it wasn't it wasn't as weird to me and that's where I came through like a lot of a lot of my hardcore was through a metal um lens, but like it was just very interesting see like now thinking back of just all the years I've listened to like hardcore metal or hardcore influenced metal that like there are the there were those like big bands that were just um that were just standalone. They didn't they didn't really uh they didn't really like vibe with the other, they didn't really grow in those other, in those hardcore environments. Like, you know, like you guys did. And it's, it was just, it's just interesting always to think about, about that time. Like, just cause it was, it was so big. Like, and, and things like, Mm -hmm. I think, I think thinking also like, yeah, when I think about it, like I feel like, and this makes me think of a different question is like, do you think, um, controller was like one of the biggest times of, of the band in your, in your opinion.
0: Uh,
3: yeah, yeah, man, I do. Um, and I can't say if that's, that's speaking to the material. that's on controller. Cause that was like a, um, to me felt like kind of an arrival for the band in, in songwriting. Um, and I would consider some of that more, uh, more well thought out structurally than maybe the previous records, which were more kind of energy. So. Or it was, yeah, more of a product of the, the landscape that we ran were in, you know, where all these hot topic bands or whatever, like getting, getting more attention from all places that it never got attention from. Hard to say man. what, what accounts for what, you know what I mean? My experience can't really say otherwise, but, um, but yeah, I, I think so.
1: Um, so let's, uh, let's move, let's move forward. So let's, uh, so let's talk about, so there were five years in between you guys, um, doing, um, absent light, um, between, between Mm -hmm. the controller and I will be a hundred percent honest on my end. I, when absent light came out, I had I was, I was just like, Whoa, there's a mystery signals record. I yeah I had no cl- so what so what was uh what took the t- what took so long between those two albums to get um, Absent Light out?
3: Uh, so I can point to a bunch of things. The main of
1: main events of those
3: being one, our label for music got uh, absorbed by Warner Brothers. Um, so we were lost in this kind of like vacuum of a, of a big label that didn't really even know what our band was. Um, so we were trying to figure out how to navigate that and ended up just like leaving the label. Um, um, that was happening. Meanwhile, I moved, um, and, uh, had my son. So, um, so a lot of my life changed during that time. I moved across the country, moved out West. Um, and yeah, my, my first son was born. So, Um, lots of changes in my life. And then uh, a number of, a number of the people in the band decided they were going to focus on other things that didn't really want to do Mr. Signals. So I was kind of in a different place without anyone in the band trying to just decide if I was going to even continue the band on my own, Um, not on my own, but just, you know, continue writing on my own because the sort of songwriting uh, core of the band was, was, uh, was gone. Um, So that's, one of the reasons that, you know, it took a while to figure out. And then we had to record and put out a record on our own without a label because we decided to try that instead of, instead of signing it to the label. Um, so there was a learning curve there, uh, and that's when I teamed up with Greg uh, Greg Bonas, who ended up helping write out and live and produce it and, and played as a guitarist for a while. And he was a huge part of that That learning curve and um and what the record sounds so different than any other stuff is because the personnel uh different and just my whole writing process is totally different so um so yeah that, that that can begin to speak to that that gap of time
1: and then so we go to we go to absent light and then um 2000 because absent light 2013 um yeah how many shows so so 2000 was it 2014 or 2015 when you guys It it was two yeah 2014 was the uh 10-year anniversary um mm-hmm. and so with that so how many shows did you did you get out uh, did you uh did you do any touring um or did you do much um, any shows for Absent Light before you went straight into getting stuff ready to do a to do the to do the Malice um, reunion?
3: We did a little bit of touring, not a ton, um, but yeah, not a ton. Especially compared to some of the touring we did, like Controller, we toured like psychotically before. So in comparison to that, we did virtually none. But it was a little bit of touring. We did a tour in Australia for Absent Light. We did a, a couple tours in the U.S. Um and then we did a another run in North America uh with after the burial. Um so yeah, a little bit. Um and but yeah, like you said, twenty fourteen is when we we did the ten year anniversary of the Alice record and played all those old songs and started had had the old dudes come back to the to the fold.
1: So and this is another part where I well I'll just where I just put in there's not really much to to say that hasn't already that w- hasn't already really been said on on that the um with that hasn't already been said on uh, your um document on your documentary unless there's anything you would like to speak of that of of that time or that tour that hasn't already that you didn't that you didn't get to uh, say um, during yesterday was everything or.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, yesterday with everything gives a uh, gives a really in-depth picture of that, and I think we were really candid with with everything we talked about in there. There's not really like hidden stuff uh, left in there. It would have been it would have been cool to have um, some of the some footage with Carl and touring the year prior um, with Absent Light that. Uh, probably could have fleshed out the story a bit more, but we just didn't really we weren't really thinking about Dr. at that time or even the reunion at that time. so um, I kind of I kind of regret that there's not more of a juxtaposition with kind of with the Carl era of the band um, and even even interviews with Carl would have been helpful for that. Um, so he's kind of missing from that segment of time. Um, so it sort of gives an unfair look at at where the band was at there um but other than that i mean i think yeah definitely you gotta watch the documentary if you're if you're even interested in listening to the answer to this question like
1: <laughs> check that out for sure so that so 2014 now we now we get we get si- six years tech possibly could even be could could be uh seven and that's where i asking ask the question so when did when did writing for this uh for Ultraviolet begin and where does it really fit into all um you know cuz things happened so fast when, between Absent Light the tour and you know and and just life in general so where does mm-hmm. where did where did writing fit into these 6 7 years
3: Yeah man it's hard for me to believe that it's been 6 years like, first of all it's like feels like it has not even been close to that so uh, I don't know where that time went, but um we didn't start writing instantly. we um, it was probably a couple years uh, a couple of years years after that reunion that we actually thought this this was something that we would be able to do. the seed of of returning and putting a record out was uh, kind of planted on that reunion tour. and we you know, sort of had this idea in the like, oh, that was, it felt great to play this, the old songs and be with the old crew. Um, and people were so psyched about the malice material. It's like, yeah, it would be great if we could get it together and, you know, record something with this lineup. Um, but it took a while before we could even see that as a reality. I it's got so many things going on. Um, I don't think we, writing anything that would, would end up being an ultraviolet song until. 2015 or 2016, we went and did a Japanese tour, and we rehearsed um, around that tour. Um, I think we started riffing on some ideas then, um, and it, it wasn't until that tour that we actually got together with the intention of being like, okay, let's see if we can even write some stuff." So um, it took a little to gain that momentum and that confidence that this is something doable, because there was, there was so much repairing to be, when we did the reunion tour, um, just after the, and breaking up really abruptly, uh, not breaking up, you know, members, later, and, um, kind of some unfinished business emotionally between the members. So there was an element of, of, of healing that, that had to go on first before we could write stuff and, and bring this record together is kind of like the, um, the final piece of, of, of healing that tip of being able to, to, over the break in time and that different opinions and, and feelings and, and being able to put that aside or, you know, um, even use it in some cases to, to make this record. So it's, it's pretty crazy that it's six years, man, but we all live in different cities, and so there was an element of us being far eager. um that definitely played into it. And then there was a element of us finding our rhythm of what was going to work this broken of misery signals and what was going to not work we had a, a fair amount of stuff that didn't didn't take us anywhere forward they just okay we, can, we could be that but I don't know you know there was a lot of song it could be this but maybe that's not all the way right um, so there was a lot of editing and a lot of science um, and yeah, I guess after a while and throw a pandemic in there and then you got six years passing before you realize.
1: Dude, I don't like to use the word adulting, but time time sure flies <laughs> when you Definitely. when when you're a grown ass man. <laughs> I've, I've yes. I I'm not I don't even throw I'm not even throwing a band in the mix. And I feel that I feel yeah. the same way with the last just like six years and I mean also having you know, throwing in these last like three and a half in the political climate. Like it's exhausting. It's just like, I'm sure a lot of people are like, let's just speed these up. Let's speed the, this shit up. Cause I don't want to live in this timeline right now. Yeah. Yeah. For um, So for you and all, so I guess my, my question might this also just it might be a loaded one. Might not. It, it might not, but, um, like you went, you've there's been so much, like from the beginning of you know, from the beginning of your band, you talk about all these qu- very just like quick and rapid changes, and you've been there for it all from seven angels, seven plagues to right now. Like, and mm-hmm. you, you, you taught, you, you've talked about how just like it's like there's not, there wasn't any just like real transition times between all this stuff between, you know, changing vocalists, change it in, and all these, in all these changes to doing a 10 year, to doing a, you know, the 10 year and having to do some of that reconciliation and then, and then do and be at a point where you're doing a record. So my question is, um, have you taken time have you taken time for yourself to to um to really you know take a look at these changes Have these changes taken a toll on you in, um over time or do you just feel just receptive to the change? have you just have always been accepting of the change?
3: Uh, I do better with it sometimes than others. Uh, but yeah, it's important to, it's important to, to ask questions like that. I think, man, and like, even if you can't quite get your fingers around the answer, or like, you know, um, articulate what's where you're at, you know, because I think it's, that's increasingly difficult, um, to decide where you're at and how you feel about things. Cause some days I, I you know, I feel great about everything and some days, uh, not so much. And, um, and it's like, Yeah, that's really, that's maybe too big of a question for me to to get my head around, but it's like, um, I am really happy to be, uh, sitting where I'm at a few days out from the album being released to the public. Like that is, I will say, uh, a really good feeling. Um, and despite where we're going from here or, you know, what we've been through in the past, like, um, I'm I'm psyched that the, that the record's coming out the way that it is and that people are going to be able to hear it and, um. Yeah, it's it's
1: a good time right now, and you know during this time, I'm sure that there's you know there's obviously going there was at one point pre-pandemic there were going to be shows, um, and you were just going to play shows, and once you, and once you get um, to that point where you actually get to play shows, do you think of this uh, record as a final conclusion, or are you just at this? Are you just going to live? in the moment and take everything as it comes as, as, as we've seen through history, you had, that's how ha- how you kind of roll.
3: <laughs> yeah, man, I, it, it very well could be, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll am be writing and playing and, and trying to figure out, you know, riffs and songs and, um, you know, I spent the whole day today in a studio producing for another artist. So it's like, I'm, I'm still, you know, getting my hands dirty and doing stuff even while misery signals is even active. So, um, I'll keep rolling and I, I just, you know, I hope some of it ends up being misery signal stuff. Maybe, maybe it will, maybe it won't, but, um, yeah, I, I sometimes wish I could stop and, <laughs> and if you think it would make more sense, if I really did like kind of just stop for a little bit, but, uh, yeah, it looks like I'm, I'm still going then.
1: Yeah. Not, and that's not me saying anything on you. Cause you've, you've created some beautiful music over the years, like some awesome stuff. I'm really excited um, to hear the rest of this record. Um, hearing the two songs um, from ultraviolet that I've heard thus far um, yeah. with Tempest and uh, River King um, Tempest kind of reminds me of just a fucking misery signal song. Like it had, it sounds like it's like not in any bad way. It's just, it it reminds me of listening um, to malice and, and some of me, it it has a very mix of malice and mirrors like up and together, but that's just because it's obviously, it's just, that's just the way you write. Uh, you, you just, you just, there's some people who just, just write music and you just write music. And, uh, I like, I like, um, river King as well. Um, it's very, um, more starts out a lot more uh ambient than some than yeah. some other than some other songs and uh vocals are have have uh, very much um have very much developed in my in my uh mind from uh from I really liked the de- I really like the development um from malice to to this like I'm I wasn't expecting yeah. it that there's um were you were you surprised at any at anywhere of how of how everything sounded um with with this lineup come after so much time um from from having everyone all together
3: yes and no um I uh... I think I think that you're correct in saying that this is like uh, sounds like kind of essential digital stuff. Um, so I don't think it's like out of the box and surprising. And people are going to be like, "Oh, what is this?" I think people are, are. I'm hoping people will have a similar reaction to you, where it's just like feels like kind of homecoming for the band. And, um, and but yet, you know, I feel the same way about the vocals. I think they have the same you know, same essence and same flavors as Jesse and Birch record, but just a, a little, broadened a little bit and a little more dimension to them. Um, maybe because they're recorded differently or a little more personally, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll also say too the two singles that came out, like it's is, uh full credit to Stu, our other guitarist, because he's, he wrote the majority of, of those songs. So that's like what you're saying about writing is like totally true of, of Stu as well, who didn't write with his own action light. So um it did it did on this record and I, I think that's part of the reason that it, it you know sounds so familiar.
1: Well and it just like I have been like I've been a fan through through and through for all for all this music and all it is all um obviously it's revolved around what you have done and I guess that's where there is like always um a consistent and homey feeling like uh i get i got the same um feelings lo- like listening to um uh, tempest as i as i did when i first heard um when i first heard like failsafe or um mm. or you know the the year summer ended in june like those which is well with that specific song there's no, like, they, that song is, is a standalone, like, with, with the feels on my, on my end. You can't, you can't compare that, the feels that you get from just the imagery of the, what, of, and, and just watching the video and listen, and listening to that song. That it's a whole different experience. It is Misery Signals, but that's by far my favorite, my favorite song just because of, you you never like when you hear a song that really like brings something out of you you just you just never forget it and you and i've you know i've lived by and love that song and uh and also um but like i said there's always been you have always consistently um made just made good music so Thank I thank you and thank you for taking seriously. Thank you for taking the time. Um, I know it's, um, you know, it's summertime. You live in you live in Idaho, correct? Yep. And it's um it's it's hot as it's hot as fuck in Wa I'm, mm-hmm. I'm living. I don't live very far from you. I live in Tacoma, and yeah, um, I know it's hot as fuck okay. in Washington, so I'm sure it sucks ass. <laughs>
3: when, no, it's absolutely the hottest thing in the year right now. Like at the one oh six today. I, think, oh,
1: so. I saw because I have friends I have friends in Boise and I know they saw they were they were looking at their at their weather and they were just straight up crying, dude. Like I was just yeah. like like why? On top of it, just like uh, Boise like I you know, you've lived there for for quite some time so it's it's home to you now but you know I know there's just some some people in Boise suck
3: <laughs> <laughs> true,
1: true, to, true. you know you don't need to go too much on that it's just I've been I've been to I've been to Idaho been to Boise not always the not always some of the, some some great people but regardless um, thank you so much um, for your time any anything uh you would like to say in closing? No,
3: yeah, same to you, man. Thanks for thanks for taking the time to chat with me. Um and uh yeah, thanks thanks for supporting the band. Anyone that's listening to this and, and you know, digging further and listening to interviews and stuff, like I totally appreciate it. And uh yeah, just check out Ultraviolet when it's when it's out on your streaming platform on August seventh.
1: Yes, I'm very excited to hear the rest of it. So, uh, then that's pretty much it. We'll get back to the music. You listen to dead air, two hours of hardcore radio.
2: Flower Chains Collective. I felt like I was watching a dream I'd never wake up from. DIY clothing you can't get anywhere else.
0: Now you have something to look forward to after you die.
2: Information at flowerchains.us
3: I mean, it's not like you can just walk up to the guy in your fancy business suit and say, Hi, I'm here to whack you. Sure you can. I... I'm here to whack you. See you quick.
1: Shout out to Ryan Morgan of misery signal, seven angels, seven plagues. Check out the, uh, new misery signals record titled ultraviolet. Um, should be at, if you're listening, uh, to the podcast version, it should be out like within the next day. Um, be on the lookout for it. It's literally be out very, very fucking soon in the blink of an eye. Um, I'm really excited from the two, her- two songs that I've heard. Um, really bummed that probably never be a seven angel seven plagues uh reunion i it was i hate to use the mandela effect thing but fuck i really thought <laughs> i really thought they were play. they were supposed to play a reunion um at that fucking festival and that was supposed to happen in september it looks like misery signals was supposed to as well. And I think they might be May I think maybe, maybe they were, my theory is maybe they played, maybe there's so a, they, the, they got announced and it was like a whoopsie and the band was like, fuck, we're not playing. What are you doing? And so now they're trying to be tell people, Oh, that never happened. Maybe that's what's happening because I swear it would, they were supposed to be playing. I look it up and now, and it's not there, but, mind is definitely playing tricks on me during this, uh, pandemic, which is, uh, it's understandable. Uh, so what we're going to do is we'll, uh, we'll talk about the, we'll, we played river King, um, from ultraviolet. I love that. I love that song. It's very, it's, it's very chill and melodic. Um, ambient sounds from the beginning and Jesse just sounds really fucking good in um in this uh in this record and these songs I'm I'm very impressed um I I liked Carl as well but uh this is one of those things where I could go I can definitely go either way um I, I love it all so I I said that in the interview so uh Let's, uh, we started off with a band called 10 high, um, hardcore from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, we played clocked, uh, starts, starts off with a little clip from a movie. I still haven't checked out, uh, from 2011 title, uh, called kill the Irishman. Um, I still never have seen that movie. Uh, and I like that. I like that little clip. And then just from that clip alone, it, I feel like I've seen little clips from the movie, I think it's kind of cor- I it looks pretty fucking corny. It looks like a really corny mob style movie, but like I love corny mob movies, so I'm pretty sure I'll fucking love it. Um, after that, we played uh, Cycle of Abuse uh, from Philly. they just straight up kind of slam uh, beat down. Um, just it, I love I just love this shit. It's just so fuck. It's it's so ridiculous and over the top, but it's super fucking simple. Um, We played the first track, which is just self-titled "Cycle of Abuse," um, featuring burial frog, burial fog, not burial frog. My bad. I I thought honestly thought it was burial frog, and so here's 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 the deal. And we, you never know when you're looking at these things how. Ser- when you take pictures for beatdown bands with with the, uh, with like AKs in your in your fucking it looks like his probably his mom's closet. Um, <laughs> you can't. It's it's hard to tell. Like I hope my hope always is there's a bit of self awareness. It all it always bums me the fuck out when you see like these bands. Like that, that are that do this shit and they're 100% serious. Uh, like, like when they're like have really over the top, like beat down style lyrics. Um, and I and I there's actually I can't see the lyrics, but I can do I know what's fucking ridiculous. Um, I'm I always hope that there's a there's a there's a there's a level of self awareness and I know at some point I'm aware enough to know that there's some people who, who are, who are a hundred percent like these (laughs) suburban skinny kids who think that they're just hard and tough as shit doing this stuff. So I'm hoping it's not that, um, regardless it's fun. It's, it's, it's fun. You know what you, if you listen to the show, you know, I like fun and, that's that's what it is um before we get to our last song we decided um to do a little back and forth um the new gulch record we've talked about we played last week uh came out two weeks ago and he talked about not um listen uh ray had never has never listened to gulch at all and then um <laughs> you and then you but you also yesterday before we while we were planning out some quick talking points for the show you also um told me about like the new acacia strain record which i saw that they that they had another thing out um but it i just it it, it doesn't it doesn't really oh. Re- it doesn't register in my mind I know that they they are yeah. chart. They're currently charting um, up with all the with some of the bigger records, um, with like up near Taylor Swift and some other shit. Um, <laughs> so we decided to listen to one another's tracks. I told I told Ray to listen to to Gulch, and then I told and then he made me listen to the first the. Uh, first song of the new acacia strain record and uh i'm gonna let i'm gonna let ray go first all right and, um uh, first i want to say there's no holding back <laughs> on this we can where well, this is a this is a segment where we're going to say our full opinion
2: <laughs> uh my opinion on gulch is that they are a band <laughs> I no, I'm just, I'm sorry I, I had to do that um You're they are wrong. definitely something that I can see like being in my wheelhouse of like stuff that I listen to um I I didn't really feel a whole lot of like um personally for me anyway memorability for those songs. Uh, I I probably listened to like half of a record uh, last night on my way uh, back from recording, and you know it it was it was something where like if it had come on, I probably would have been like, oh, who is this? Like that you know this isn't bad. Uh, I definitely like maybe I'm just weird, but I I don't understand the hoodie hype like that's that's really what it boils down to is like
1: (laughs) i don't think you're not supposed to man you're not supposed to
2: (laughs) i think that band is good i think that band is uh deserving of uh the following that they have like they definitely are putting out some heaters and i can recognize that what i do not understand is the the hoodie hype And that is, I think, more what the the meme is about, anyway. Because I've seen like people online, and they're just like talking about the Gulch hoodies, and they're talking about the like, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of merchandise. Uh, I bought uh, limited edition Acacia Strain merch. Like, I'm a I'm a sucker for that band, really hard. Um, And like, uh, you know, I I wear hoodies like pretty much. You know, Trevor can attest to this. I wear hoodies even when it's not appropriate to, and that's just the kind of person that i am so when i saw that hoodie i was like i don't know about that like you know uh, do i like this band enough to buy their hoodie because like that's the real like the real ray test of strength here is like did i like the band enough to buy the hoodie and maybe if their hoodie was cooler i'd be like yeah all right but like because they're not a bad band like I, i would go see them live uh, i would book them i would i would play shows with them they they seem like they're pretty cool dudes i just also
1: <laughs> they're good they're a great band um i've known <laughs> i've known some of the i know the 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 vocalist he was in uh he was in a band called spinebreaker which is fucking heavy as mm-hmm. shit um he sounds like it yeah you, you would i think you would like spinebreaker more than gulch to be honest okay. but uh heavy as shit band they have fun um they're they're in our most of them are have been doing stuff for a while in our age grade, age range. Maybe a little bit closer to you, and everyone's in the late twenties, getting to the getting close to thirty. Um, and they just somehow tapped into the zoomer crowd, just fucking hard. With with uh, they just they just knew how to they just knew how to do it. They just they have something that I don't. I I don't know how to tap to the zoomers. Um, the tsunami um with how ridiculous that band is um they tapped into the zoomers and them going back and forth and both being from the bay they just they just knew how to tap straight into the twitter crowd and they they haven't let go they have a they have a something about them um so we're running out of time so i'm gonna go quick into mine which i don't have as much to fucking say um because you had me listen to uh China Master China Master by Acacia Strain the slow decay which is uh the latest record um from from them it's, it's what what am i supposed to say what the fuck am i supposed to say you gave me a song that's just super super slow, a little bit of black metal influence in my opinion. Um, it it just kind of droned on um, it had a nice little it had a nice little symbol symbol break that was that was cool in the song and then and then it goes into then but actually you saw in the video when it got to the next song Crippling poison that one was a little bit better. But just super fucking typical of a, I guess of a metal of a metalcore band that you would see touring between um, late 2010 and uh, early 2014. It was just nothing that really. I've never liked Acacia Strain. It's just never going to fucking happen. I like the fucking break. <laughs> I like I like the what's the fucking song Dun Dun. Oh, that's an old one, isn't it? The fucking it? breakdown song, like the I forget, I forget what that one is. Four by 4 or four by four,
2: yeah, four x four is an older one. Uh, there's also Tactical Nuke off of uh, Wormwood.
1: Um... I think Skynet is one that I actually liked. Um, for like, oh all, yeah, from a long t- like I've listened, but anything else past that, I just you're never going to get it. I don't (laughs) care. Like, like a lot of people because they uh, signed, I think they signed with closed casket and released some stuff through closed casket. There was a little bit of hype and also the ax to grind crowd. Um, Since ax to grind is a like closed casket is a sponsor. Like they were able to be like, Oh, we're going to talk about the Acacia strain record and so they were able to talk yeah. to some older hardcore kids into listening to Acacia Strain where so, uh, some of the metal more metal people liked it and said oh this is might be the best Acacia Strain I've ever heard me I'm just like this is just <laughs> another fucking uh, I feel like you got you got tricked by marketing homie you just like you let you let these hardcore kids tell you it was different because it was because it came out through closed casket you're you're being fucking played you are getting played homie i I don't think
2: it's i don't think it's different because it came out through close casket i think it's different because they're actually like their last two records have been very doom influenced yeah i would say because i would say
1: there's definitely some doom that there like i said there's a little little black metal with the leads there's definitely some doom Mm -hmm. and doom in there but it's i don't know it's not the doom i'm looking for man (laughs) <laughs> it's just not...
2: um i think also some of the features that they had on the record are contributing to uh what people think of it because they had um jess nicks they had um the the vocalist from jesus peace aaron heard uh on a song um they also had uh oh what's her name from i wrestled a bear once and she's in a different band now i think it's spirit box no yeah i think it's spirit box um So they had her uh, on two songs, actually. Uh, And then she also made an appearance on their record before the one that just came out. The other thing is that their marketing campaign for this record has been incredible. They released five sets of two singles um, all on vinyl, uh, spelling out the words Decay. And because they released it slowly, uh, Slow Decay was the name of the full record. They had two more songs that they hadn't put out that they released finally with Decay. the combined vinyl record of all of the songs. And, uh, it's charting at number five on billboard for most sold albums. Like that's, that,
1: it is I guess that's right
2: cool. below Hamilton.
1: You're just low. You're just lucky. I didn't fall asleep during that video. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to watch the video. I was just expecting you to check the song out on like Spotify or something. I, well, no, but... I sent you
1: that. Re- I sent you that, uh, reaction video. um, Oh yeah, And I just like, I just like, you're lucky I didn't fall asleep while I was taking it. Cause I was just like, I was, I was hoping to get some sort of reaction, but you, you just, there was just nothing that really like, there's nothing you, it barely drug, it barely drug anything out of me except, <laughs> Oh, that was, that was a cool little drum part. Um, that's about, that's about <laughs> it. So that's all I gotta say on that. We're we're out of time. We're gonna play um cleansing um a band from Finland playing some fucking dark ass hardcore for uh, four um four song EP called Dark Current. Check out this metal this metalcore hardcore hybrid, also fucking straight edge, which is cool as shit. So we're gonna play Dark Current right now. Um Thank you, Ray. We'll see you next time.
2: You're welcome. Thank you for having me on.
1: All right. You'll see to dead air. Two hours of hardcore radio.